Hi, welcome back to The Truth Is Somewhere, where we talk about conspiracy theories and other things in that vein. What are we talking about today, Megan? Today we're going to be talking about the Lost Roanoke Colony. Uh, this was one that was already on my list, but it was also specifically requested by one of our Patreon patrons, Aeth. Uh, Aeth is actually our first patron, and so we bumped this one up the list a little bit so that we could cover this one because they uh, specifically requested that we talk about Roanoke. Yeah, so here we go. Do you know anything about the Roanoke Colony? Um, nothing beyond what American Horror Story told me. Which is, like, not historically accurate at all? I don't know. That's okay. pretty historically accurate, right? No. All right. So let's, let's go. Okay. Uh, brief, brief history, because there's a lot of really fascinating stuff later, but you need to understand what happened first. Okay. So in 1587, 1587, a civilian colony from England arrived on an island off the coast of what is now North Carolina. They were calling it Virginia at the time. Okay. Uh, and England had previously attempted to colonize the island named Roanoke as a war port, but discovered that the waters were too shallow to support warships. Mm -hmm. The original war colony had faced hostility from the natives and a lack of supplies to help them survive, and they reluctantly returned to England in 1586. That makes sense. And then it was, uh, it was then that Governor John White, who had been to Roanoke once before in 1585 as an artist to capture the essence of the New World, offered to take a civilian colony to settle the island. Okay. So there was a war colony, and they had all sorts of problems, so they went back to England, and this guy who had been there with the war colony yeah. to kind of just record the history was like, I'll go back and I'll take normal people instead of war people. That makes sense. The indigenous might like that a little more, but... Yeah. So the civilian colony found the prior settlement in shambles and worked to rebuild and also build new cabins for the families that had sailed to the New World. Sure. And then it was decided that the colony needed more resources from Sir Walter Raleigh, who was in charge of the expeditions from England. So John was able to stay long enough to witness the birth of his granddaughter, Virginia. Okay. Who was the first child born to English parents in the New World. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And then to also witness the baptism of Manteo, the leader of the local Croatoan Indian tribe. And Manteo was named Lord of Roanoke upon his baptism. And then John White, the governor, he set sail back to England to get more supplies for the colony, and uh -huh. he left behind 87 men, 17 women, and 11 children. Okay, so 115 people. people. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And then, so John sailed back to uh, England with the intent of returning right away with supplies. Sure. And he got stuck because war broke out with Spain. Uh, the Spanish and they're fighting. Yeah, so the Queen of England was like, all the ships have to go off to this war now, so there were no ships to take John back to Roanoke. Sure. So um, he finally returns to Roanoke in August of 1590, so it's been three years since three he years. left. Okay, short war. Yeah, when he arrives back on Roanoke, everyone's gone. They're just, just they're gone. Okay. Um, there's no sign of the 115 people that he left back there in 1587, mm -hmm. and the houses have uh, have been dismantled, so that indicates that the colony didn't leave in a hurry, because they, like, took their houses apart. Okay. Um, and before he had left, John had instructed his people to carve a Maltese cross in a nearby tree if they were forced to leave the settlement, and they didn't find any crosses, but what they did find was the word Croatoan carved into the fence around the settlement and the letters C-R-O carved in a tree. So John took this to mean that the colony had moved onto Croatoan Island, which is now called Hatteras Island, okay. to live with the tribe there because they had sworn in that tribe's yeah chieftain yeah yeah as a Christian yeah uh -huh. so they were thinking that maybe they went to that island to sure. live peacefully with them. Um, 
but John was unable to conduct a search because a storm was forming, and the men who sailed with him refused to sail to the other island because of the bad weather, so they went sure. back to England. That's kind of shitty. Could they not have waited a little bit longer? <laughs> no, right? Waited no, for they, the storm to pass? They went back to England. And then after that, two expeditions set out in the early 1600s in hopes of finding out about the colonists, but neither of them were even able to reach the island due to severe weather. Okay. So... We don't know definitively what happened, and that means that there's conspiracy theories about it, because we don't know, it, of course, right? Yeah. yeah. So the most common theory is that the colonists integrated with Native American tribes either as equals or as slaves. Okay. A map drawn by a Jamestown settler in 1607 indicated that four men clothed that came from Runok were living with the Iroquois tribe. Um, and four men clothed? Yeah, it's, it's a quote. Quote, four men clothed okay. that came from Runok. So I would imagine it it would mean clothed as in like, like people that rather, you, clothes that you would recognize, not Yeah, not what the the natives would have been yeah. wearing. Uh-huh. So and it says Runok, but it's possible that they could have meant Roanoke, but they uh-huh. didn't know how to spell it. Sure. Um and they were supposedly living with the Iroquois tribe. Okay. And there were also reports of native tribes with European slaves. And modern finds, such as parts of a rapier and a slate and pencil in the area, are used to back up this theory. And several natives in the area also claim to have European lineage, but the DNA DNA tests have been inconclusive. Okay, sure. Uh, Another theory is that one of the native groups was cannibalistic and attacked and ate the colonists, leaving no body parts behind. Uh, That kind of makes sense, and I thought that at first when you first said something about it, but what about the bones? They eat the bones, too? Or maybe they took them back for, like, maybe they had dogs like domesticated that's a lot of people to eat you know you i don't know kill them all at once it's a theory well sure. he was gone for three years uh, three years i mean 115, 115 people in three years three years yeah yeah it's some time to fatten them up too yeah um there's no proof though that any of the tribes were cannibals but that doesn't necessarily mean they weren't okay and uh jonestown had turned to cannibalism in 1609 so is it it isn't really so far-fetched that Roanoke may have become desperate enough to turn to cannibalism in the face of scarce resources. Okay. So they're, like, waiting for John to come back to yeah. bring them resources, and they're like, kill off the weak ones and eat them. Sure. Right? But what about the rest? Who knows? Okay. Who knows? I don't... Maybe, like, ten of them survived by eating the other ones, and then they eventually all just died, because... Yeah. Eating people makes you go a little bit nutso, and... Anyway. Uh, there's a theory specifically around Croatoan, which I didn't know until I started specifically researching uh-huh. this. Like, I had heard Croatoan before, because I had heard about Roanoke before, which is yeah. why this was on my list to do, but, um, I had no idea that there was this huge thing specifically around Croatoan. And apparently it was also found in the journal of Amelia Earhart after her disappearance in 1937. Where was her journal? I don't know, I didn't put that so much So it wasn't something she flew with, is what I'm imagining. Yes. That's what I'm, I'm like, oh, did this no. journal magically wash up No, from they, the... like, found it in her house or something okay. like that. Okay, and she spoke about Croton. It was just, like, one word on a page. Oh. Yeah. Croton. Weird. And horror author Ambrose Bierce vanished in Mexico in 1913, and the bed he slept in last had the word Croton carved in its post. Infamous stagecoach robber Black Bart etched the word into the wall of his prison cell right before his release in 1888 okay. and was never seen again. Ooh. And Croatoan was written on the last page of the logbook of the notorious ghost ship Carol A. Deering in 1921 when it ran aground on Cape Hatteras. What makes it a ghost and ship? And it was missing its crew. It ran aground and there was no crew on it. Oh. Yeah. 
So they abandoned it for some reason and wrote the word Croatoan. Yeah, and it, I mean, where they landed was on, it was in Cape Hatteras, which was right by what was once known as Croatoan Island. Okay. Um, and then additionally, before Edgar Allan Poe died, he disappeared for a time only to re- reappear in the streets delirious and whispering the word Croatoan. So some people are like, does the word itself, like, is it a spell of some sort? Ooh. So uh, how many of these accounts are, like, backed up by fact? I'm not sure, because I, honestly, I was a bad researcher, and I didn't go down all of these different mm. spikes to look at things, and I might do it later as, like, a whole episode of its own, but I was like, I gotta get back to, right. we're just talking Roanoke, and it just happened to be that the websites that I was looking at was talking about the fact that Croatoan has a history uh-huh. of kind of being funky. Okay. So. And is associated with. And is associated with people going crazy and disappearing. Okay. That's, uh, interesting. Uh... Tribes in the area reported that there was infighting among the colonists, and historians believe that the colony could have contracted some form of disease that caused, like, delirium, paranoia, or even, like, all-out madness, Mm -hmm. and those not infected may have killed the infected out of fear of contracting the illness. Okay. Still doesn't explain the rest of them dying, though. Like, the rest of them disappearing? Yeah, there's some disappearing. Maybe they all moved inland. Maybe there was, like, seven left. I don't know. Maybe they flew to the moon. Maybe... Maybe they decided to swim back to England. Maybe Maybe they they did all sorts of things. Uh, Spain Spain had a stronghold in Florida at that time, and they were warring with England over the colonization of the Americas. Okay. So one theory is that possibly the Spaniards sailed north and then killed the colony as part of that war. Okay, that would make sense. Which is logical. Yeah. It still doesn't explain where the bodies are. Well, no, it doesn't explain where the bodies were unless they were... Well, so the houses were taken apart, right? Yes. Which could be explained by that. Yeah. Could be explained. They were like, hey, here's some resources, valuable resources, right? There's nails in those boards. Let's take those nails. Put that on the ship, you know? Mm -hmm. Look, we came here. We killed the people, but let's not leave a bunch of bodies behind. Captain was like, look, I'm a, I'm a good Christian man. Let's at least give these people a burial at sea. Sure. Sure. And they dumped the bodies out at sea. Does make sense. Uh, but there are more theories, so even though that makes sense, we're going to keep going. (laughs) Anthropologist and author of Roanoke, Solving the Mystery of the Lost Colony, Lee Miller, believes that the colonists were the victims of a plot by Sir Francis Walsingham, Mm. Queen Elizabeth I's Secretary of State. According to Miller, Walsingham intentionally stranded the colonists and left them to to die because he, quote, wanted to bring down Raleigh, the queen's golden boy, who had received a royal patent to all the land he could settle in the New World. Oh. So Miller asserts that the colonists moved west onto the mainland, where they found themselves in the middle of a war between native tribes, and many were killed or taken captive as slaves, and all of this was intentionally kept secret by the crown, which is why there's no records about it. So government cover-ups. What would this be without a government cover-up? Absolutely, right? That was the Illuminati telling them what to do. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I'm... Duh, the crown is the Illuminati. Duh. Duh. Uh, Roanoke may also have been ground zero for some kind of zombie overtaking. Oh. This theory is actually a combination of the disease theory and the cannibalism theory. Mm -hmm. So essentially, the colonists contracted a disease, and then they started eating each other. And proponents of this theory believe that the disease also made the colonists' body decay, even when living, and sped up the decaying process, which explains why there were no bodies left... When John White returned. I can't roll my eyes hard enough at that. <laughs> Why 
thought you don't like the zombie theory. I mean, it sounds fun, <laughs> but where are these zombies now? They all died. Were you paying attention? I was, but why are we not having an issue with this again? <sighs> I don't know. People are living there now, right? Yes, because it's North Carolina now. Right. Yes. Um, the Croatoan tribe believed that there was a spirit on the island that would absorb people that had angered it into the woods. So, there's a theory that possibly those people aren't gone, they're just trees. Oh. Well, that's kind of a nice theory. I know. You know? Now they give life to everyone. Right. Except for the fact that they probably got cut down in favor of building houses. That's true. <laughs> Maybe, well, still, their shelter. Mm-hmm. Right? That's true. Yeah. They're... Or they were somebody's firewood. Yeah. They kept somebody yeah. warm. They kept somebody warm. Um, you know. And then someone pissed on the fire to put it out. Oh, God. Come on now. <laughs> Rude. Rude. Why would you do that? <laughs> don't don't pee on tree spirits, okay, you guys? Don't do that. Yeah, they don't like that. So the Croatoan tribe also believed, quote, greater spirits manifested themselves in the form of elements, and they reported that birds fell from the sky and large numbers of wildlife died abruptly in the area where the native people hunted at the same time of the disappearance of the colonists. Okay. So there was some, like, weird, weird. juju going on, sure. according to the Croatoan tribe. Something funny in the... So, the Croatoan is not only just a word that comes up, it's also a tribe. They were a tribe, yeah. Okay, because that was the name of the island, so the island was named after the tribe. Was named after the tribe, and that their chief had been baptized. Yeah, okay, yeah. I get that. Cool. I just didn't realize that... I thought... I missed something. That's why John tribe... thought maybe they had moved to Croatoan Island to live with the Croatoan tribe. Sure, sure. Because why else would that word have been there, right? So... <laughs> because it's some, I don't know, people are probably making connections. I bet if I look under my desk, I'll find the word. Croatoan. Croatoan. And then, uh, you know, I'll probably die. But, but No, but you just knows? disappear. Oh, I disappear. It's not that you die, you disappear. Or maybe I'll turn into a sapling in my seat. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> you will just poof. <laughs> well, the mm. show's over, folks. Corey's, <laughs> Corey's a tree now. <laughs> I am Groot. Groot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Croatoans also said, so they had lots of theories, the Croatoans did, um, that there was an evil spirit that took the form of a reptile, Illuminati confirmed, Ooh, lizard people, y'all. Uh, they said it could attach itself to humans, causing them to demonstrate demonic traits like violence, rapaciousness, and greed. The Croatoans warned the colonists that the evil reptilian spirit had infested the entire region, and once the infighting began, they knew the settlers were infected with the creature's evil, and that's why they turned on each other. Oh. So, they never investigated this tribe, whether it was still there or not? Remember, he they, the people turned back because the sure, weather was later bad. later on. Later on? Yeah. Well, later on, it was so late that there was no way to know if the colonists had been there or not. Oh, well, that's fine, but the tribe was still existent. The tribe still existed? Later on? Yeah, because I think they're now called the Hatteras tribe, though. Oh, okay. Cause... They were like, we don't want our name associated with that word <laughs> well, anymore. The... Now that we know what that word means. Whew. The name of the island got changed to Hatteras, and there's a Hatteras tribe. So I don't know. Again, I'm a bad researcher, everybody. I'm really sorry. But I didn't research what happened to the Croatoan tribe. I see, I see. I was so focused on what happened to this colony that I was like, we... I mean, I could end up talking about this for five hours if that's what everybody wants. Because there were so many little branches. It was like, you know on Ancestry.com when, like, you get a leaf and you're like, ooh, a leaf! And then there's, like, 16 more leaves? Yeah. And you're like, oh no, another leaf! And then by the time you're done, you've discovered, like, 800 ancestors and you don't even remember what the point was in the beginning anymore? 
that's what could happen with this. I believe it. I believe it. I just... I'm gonna ask questions. I know, and way. I won't always have the answers to them because I won't always have gone over that bridge. I know. That's all I'm saying. I know. Uh, so let's continue. Okay. So what would a mystery with conspiracies be without aliens? Oh, that's true. Yeah. All the good ones have aliens. The alien theories vary pretty greatly, but some think that maybe the group got sucked into a reality shift and they are in another dimension somewhere. Oh, I don't hear the aliens yet, but I like that. Well, they would have gotten sucked into the dimension shift by aliens. As by well. aliens. What this claims, yes. Oh, okay, okay. Um, or they were beamed up, probed, and then put back on the other side of the world. Like, the aliens were like, oh, crap, we didn't mark our parking spot in GPS, so... Well, we know you were on Earth, so here you go, and they what? ended up in, I like, mean, Africa or something. That's, like, a weird, like... And then they were on the other side of the world. Like, where do you get that? How do you... Well, where do you get the aliens sucked them up in the first place? I mean, it's one thing to be like, aliens. aliens, aliens sucked them up and probed them and then didn't bring them back. It's another thing to be like, <laughs> aliens sucked them up, probed them, and then dropped them off somewhere randomly because why not, you know? Well, exactly, why not? I know, but it's like kind of a stretch. Like, it's already a stretch, but to just add the extra detail of... Then they drop them off at some random place. I like that this is how you get hung up on the whole thing of aliens. It's not the fact that aliens kidnapped them. It's that aliens didn't put them back exactly where they should have. I mean, it just seems silly that they would have put them back at all if that's... A, aliens took them, probed them, and then incinerated them. Would have made more sense to me than... Or maybe, we've talked about this before, they kept them for an intergalactic zoo. Oh, yeah. And that's my own theory. A human zoo. Not, not that it's a theory that I believe, but it's something we've talked about before as aliens keeping humans for zoos. Which and makes I was like, far that, more sense. That that's what I'm going to go with. If it was aliens, it had something to do with a zoo. It's true. Cool. In 2011, a professor of heritage economics at University of North Carolina, Brent Lane, uh -huh. noticed a couple of strange faint patches on his replica of a map John White had drawn. Because remember, John White was a, an yeah. artist, and that's originally why he had gone to Roanoke to begin with, was to capture the new world on paper. Okay, so he was a cartographer. He was an artist, too. Like, okay. uh, he he drew lots of things. Like, okay. he drew paintings right. of the natives and everything. Okay, so people okay. could see what the New World was like. Sure, sure. Um, anyway, so Brent Lane contacts the British Museum to ask if he could examine the original that was in their care. And three months later, Lane was able to place the original hand-drawn map on a light table. And under one of these patches, he was surprised and pleased to discover a star-shaped symbol indicating a fort under one of those patches. Okay. And the fort was located some 50 miles inland, lending credence to White's claim that the colony had planned to settle, quote, some 50 miles into the main. Okay. Unquote. Even weirder, there was another faintly drawn fort in, uh, in invisible ink, possibly urine, on this patch. Huh. So Lane believes that the patch was meant to hide a secret rather than fix a mistake. Wait, did you say invisible ink, possibly Urine. urine. Like, they used urine as their invisible ink. ink. Okay, Yes, okay. urine ink. Um, I was just making sure I heard you correctly. Yes, you heard me correctly. Mm -hmm. We don't pee on tree spirits, but it's okay to use your urine as ink. Just it's true. Just throwing that out there. Uh, so, after Lane discovers this, archaeologists start working in the area, and they name it Site X in hopes of finding some proof of the colonists settling there, and that's how we found the, the remains of the rapier and the, okay. the tablet and slate yeah. thing. Um, 
But nothing definitive has been found yet. So it sounds like they at least went there. Yes, this was in 2011, though. Okay, I mean... So people are still trying to find it. Did they date the this rapier? Yes, it's from the correct time period. Okay, well then yeah. there you go. So it sounds like that at least somebody went there. Yeah. Or um, that alien dropped the sword off right there and not the rest of them. <laughs> he was a dick. I'm gonna drop you off over here, <laughs> but your sword over here. Yeah, where you actually belong. Yeah. Uh, so there's also one tribe in Virginia called the Roanoke Hatteras tribe, and they haven't been given state or federal status as a Native American tribe yet, mm-hmm. but their chief, Marilyn Barry Morrison, admits that DNA shows a veritable mixed bag of ethnicities, including a smattering of, a smattering of Native genes. Morrison claims Native American as her race, though she looks African American. And she says she claims native out of tradition because her parents had maintained traditional ways of fish cooking and healing. Okay. She told Andrew Lawler from National Geographic, quote, We were the lost colony. Our surnames, like Barry, appear on the colonists' list. We are the original melting pot, unquote. Hmm. She also showed National Geographic a large family album. Lawler says the skin tones in the album's photos range from ivory to ebony. And one page didn't have a photograph, but a name. And Morrison claims that she was her great-great-grandmother, and her name was Virginia Dare Bowser Tillett. What? And Virginia Dare was the first child born to English parents in the New World. Oh, okay. So So it's possible. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend reading this National Geographic article. Um, the title is The Search for the Lost Colony. It came out in their June edition of the magazine, so it's brand new, hot off the presses. Um, and honestly, this article gave me chills while I was reading it. Uh, and we'll give a link to it in the show notes. Okay. But it was really good. Yeah. Uh, so here's, here's the most interesting part, in my opinion, and mm-hmm. that's the Dare Stones. And they were supposedly written by Eleanor Dare, the daughter of John White and mother to Virginia Dare. Okay. And the first of these stones was discovered in 1937 by a tourist. Uh, he was from California, and he was visiting in North Carolina and just mm-hmm. happened to find this stone. Uh, he took the stone to um, Dr. Haywood Jefferson Pierce, professor of American history at University of Emory. And on one side of the stone, it said, and bear with me because some of these names in this old English is it's hard. Okay. It's hard to read. Uh, quote, Ananias Dare and Virginia went hence unto heaven, 1591. Any Englishman show John White governor of Virginia. Okay. So, and then it was signed with the initials EDW, which would have been Ellen or EWD. I can't remember. Um, Eleanor Dare's initials. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and it's, it's letting her father know that her husband and her daughter had died yes. in 1591. And then the other side detailed that all but seven of the colonists had been killed by, quote, savages. Okay. The stone was examined by uh, Hayward Jefferson Pierce, and um, he didn't claim the stones to be authentic, but did state that it was not outside of the realm that the colonists could have inscribed the stone. That makes sense. So then 47 more stones had been discovered by 1940. Wow. In... Three years' time, 47 more stones. So these are more like tablets. No, they're rocks. There's there's pictures. Oh. You you can look at them. We're yeah. going to throw them up in the show notes. Why did you tell me to look at these pictures? 
I want to see these rocks. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. so they're literally just rocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They just inscribed on some rocks, and it looks like they either they looks like they painted into them. It, it's etched. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, well, a lot of times, I mean, I don't know a lot about etching, but I would imagine the rock looks the same under the rock. So the the picture, um, the pictures that we're gonna put up is from the original stone, and you'll understand why in a minute. Okay. Um, so the forty seven more stones that were discovered uh, were examined by a team of historians from the Smithsonian and Harvard, and these stones called upon John White to avenge the colony against the quote savages, and gave directions to where to find those who had survived. The stones told that the survivors settled in Nakuchi Valley and that Eleanor had married the chief of the local tribe and bore him one daughter. Mm-hmm. The stones also claimed that the tribesmen were incredibly unhappy about the child and asked John to please take the girl back to England with him. And then one stone dated 1599 announced Eleanor's death and that she had left behind a daughter named Agnes. Okay. The Smithsonian team released an initial report on the stones and gave them a measure of authenticity. Okay, they so didn't, it's possible. They didn't full out say, these, yes, these are authentic. They said, they could be. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> to rain on everybody's parade, there was a journalist, Boyden Sparks, of the Saturday Evening Post, and he exposed the stones as fakes. Oh, he did? Entirely? He pointed to the fact that Pierce had suppressed a geologist's report that one of the stones had been carved within the past few days or weeks. Uh, furthermore, one of the stones had supposedly been kept in a toolbox for 15 years, but showed no signs of damage, despite crumbling in the hands of examiners. Uh. And a paleographer, which is someone who studies ancient handwriting, noted that the style of lettering on the stones was non-Elizabethan. Okay, yeah, so it's probably later. Yeah, and then two of the words used on the stones were words that are not known to have existed until 50 to 100 years after the stones were supposedly inscribed. Yeah, that's a crazy thing about our language. We just keep adding words Mm -hmm. to it. Yeah, so there were lots of reasons that those stones would not have been considered authentic. Sure. Uh, Further research conducted by archaeologists and a scholar of early writing on behalf of the History Channel uh, concluded that the first stone was authentic and distinct, but the others seemed to have been made by a drill press. Ah. So we're still saying those 47 stones that were found, not, not authentic. Yeah. But the first stone good possibility it's the real deal oh well there you go um that's the one with all the words on it yeah it's the the one that eleanor supposedly wrote it's the one with all the writing because i see two stones and one of them that's one stone on one side she talks Uh, about her her family dying and then on the other side she tells what happened to everybody Mm -hmm. and there was Mm -hmm. only seven who survived and this one is the one that they think is Is real. real okay so in 2016, an examination done by the University of North Carolina discovered that the inside of the first stone was bright white, so they cut off the top of the stone. Okay, this this one and here. And so this stone is bright freaking white on the inside. Which is why the carving is white but on the outside. The inscription on the stone was not as bright of a white when it was first produced for research back in the 1930s, 1937. Uh-huh. Um, and researchers concluded that the stone would have had to have been chemically aged in order to not be white in those inscriptions, which is something, like, that's a technology that they wouldn't necessarily have had in 1937. Wait, it'd have to be chemically aged to not be white? Yeah, for the, the, the words, the inscriptions on the stone to not be as bright white as what the inside of the stone was. Because when it was first carved, those inscriptions would have been, like, bright-ass paper white. Yeah. And they weren't. When the stone was turned over, they were they were weathered looking. Okay, so what they're saying is, yeah, this is still probably real. Yeah, this is probably authentic because in order for it to not be that bright ass paper white when it uh-huh. had been turned over, yeah, if it had it. just been made, they get would have it. had to chemically yeah. age it, which was not something that most people could have done. 
1937. Right, and so they're saying that it was it was. So this case. this sure. one was probably authentic, and everybody wanted part of that pie. Everybody wanted to be like part of the famous like oh we found Roanoke. Uh-huh. So the rest of them were created. Okay, that makes sense. That's um, pretty common. Yeah. So that's super interesting though that there is possibly this. There are 48 dare stones, but the first one ever found is probably authentic. Right. There's a good chance. There's evidence that definitely suggests that it yeah. is. But they can't. They can't really prove it. No, yeah. they never will be able to confirm unless, unless they find some long lost journal that right. says I wrote this on a rock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which even then they'll probably debate the journal. So there's also there's a follow up article for that National Geographic article as well, and it's called "Is This Stone a Forgery?" Mm-hmm. And that article notes that there is no consensus among experts and scholars on the authenticity of the original stone. So, good chance it's original, like that it's authentic. But then there's some scholars who are like, "Nah, I don't think so." Can't confirm more. So we so we just like like we said, we can't know. But what the these scholars are saying is Heather, Heather Wolf at the Folger Shakespeare Library in Washington D.C. examined high resolution images of the stones and concluded, "quote There is nothing that jumps out as a forgery." Uh-huh. And another scholar of Elizabethan literature, Jean Wilson of Cambridge University, also said, quote, There's nothing in the inscription that couldn't be of its purported date. Okay. However, Dyer made N.J. McCulloch, a Tudor historian at Oxford University, claims the stones to have, quote, all the plausibility of Dick Van Dyke's Cockney accent and Mary Poppins, end quote. So he thinks uh-huh. it's all a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, because it sounds like it <laughs> could have been someone from the 1930s who wrote it. Yeah. yeah, so there you have it. There's no consensus, and um, that follow-up article talked a lot about hopefully there will be more, um, like, cross... Uh, I can't find the word. Examinations? There will be more examinations, but there will be lots of people from different... Um, fields working together? Yeah, different together. fields working together. Collaborations? Yes. But there's a word I was looking for that I cannot find, and it's okay. I'll find it, you know, six hours from now after we're done recording. You'll find it as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> that's the word! That's the word I wanted! Uh, anyway, so basically they were emphasizing the fact that people are still working at Site X, uh-huh. trying to find things, and they've got all of these people from different branches of, of scholar trying to come up with the, what happened to this lost colony, where did they go? And so, hopefully, working with all of these different branches and working on Sidex, we will actually find something definitive that we can say, yes, they just traveled 50 miles inland and they settled here, and it's just because nobody bothered to come this way. And they essentially, um, I, I guess the best way to say it is, like, bred themselves out of existence. I mean, that sounds the most plausible. Yeah. Especially if, what, she said only seven of them survived? Yeah. So, they probably buried the dead. You gotta know yeah. where to dig. If, especially if they weren't marking the graves. Yeah. So. And, I mean, if, if, what, it was 115, right? 115 people and Originally, only seven of them survived. only seven of them survived. So, it's 108 dead people. Like, probably all those graves were not gonna be dug. It's probably a big mass grave. I mean, yeah, either that or, uh... Depending on how quickly they died. Well, because the idea was that they had faced attacks from the, quote, savages, remember? Right, yeah, so it could have been a mass grave. Uh, either way, you're going to have to know exactly where to dig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's it's, like, it is kind of interesting that, like, over the course of time with people building, that no bones have ever been excavated, and they're like, oh crap, maybe it's an Indian burial ground. Well, of course, if they were like, maybe it's an Indian burial ground, and they're like, yeah, this is an Indian burial ground, and half of those people were, like, white settlers, how yeah. are they supposed to know the difference? Right. So, maybe they need to go look at uh, Indian burial ground sites. In that area, maybe. In that area. Maybe. But even then, that could just be a wild uh, goose chase. It could be, especially if only seven of them survived, like, the chances of finding... I mean, there's 108 bodies to find. There's 108 bodies to find, that's true. If they're... Well, they might not even be left. Skeletons? Probably. The skeletal remains will probably still be there. Doesn't that stuff turn to dust eventually? I mean, kinda. Well, maybe not. It depends on how well they were preserved. It's possible, because we found skeletal remains. Yeah, I mean, probably in the dirt, probably not. They probably wouldn't still exist. If they did, it wouldn't be a whole lot. Yeah. Uh... It's it's possible, though. Well, like, like, they found Lucy and stuff, like, fully intact, right? So... Yeah, and they found... Oh, man, that was, like, a year or two ago. I wish I could remember who it was. Was some, like, 10th century king? Yeah. In a parking lot. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, they went to rebuild a parking lot, and they were like, what's this? And they were like, oh, there's a coffin here. Sarcophagus here, yeah. Yeah, and they opened it up, and there was some 10th century king. So, like... He it's was in a coffin. But he was, yeah, he was, they took steps to pre- preserve him, and they probably didn't have the resources to take steps to preserve 108 people. No, so, it's, it's possible. I think it's possible to still find the You bones. just probably won't find a full skeleton. You'll find little. You'll probably find the, the hardier skeleton, yeah. skeletal pieces. Sure. Is that it? That's so, it. That's, that's what we got, That's huh? what I got on Roanoke. What do you think happened? What do I think happened? I think they moved inland. Yeah. I think they were like, fuck living on this island, there is no resources here, let's move further inland where we might actually have some resources, because we talked about moving further inland in the first place. Yeah. And so they packed up their shit and they moved inland, and then when John White came back, nobody would go inland with him to find them. I agree, I think that's that's the most logical answer, I think that it makes the most sense, I think it's the most probable. I think finding random skeleton skeletal remains in uh you know when you have hundreds of thousands of miles to search yeah and chances are not good chances are good so yeah i think that's it i think that's more than likely the conspiracy is pretty down and dirty and easy i definitely don't think that they're i don't think they're trees i don't think they were kidnapped by aliens i mean it would be really hard for a tree to inscribe a rock (laughs) <laughs> that's true. It'd be very hard to... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Words that's are what, hard. That's what we got for you today. All right. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TTAS Podcast. You can email us the tr- at the truth is somewhere podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Patreon at TTAS Podcast. You can buy merchandise at thetruthissomewhere.threadless.com and you can see all of our show notes at thetruthissomewhere.com. Okay, everybody, the truth is somewhere. Keep looking. We'll find it. Or we'll at least talk about we'll, we'll it. We'll try to find it. <laughs> <laughs>